everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Every episode we get together, we talk about a movie that we watched. And on this episode, we are... Well, I'm revisiting Tara for the first time is going to be delving into Coherence, which is a, a little indie sci-fi movie from 2013 that I discovered four or five years ago, something like that, and was determined to show uh, to Tara. And finally, there was a, a hole in the schedule that we could go, hey, no, I'm taking that. We're putting this movie in there that I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, you've been bringing this movie up for a while. Here we are. So here, I honestly, this is a movie that's best to go in cold, and I would recommend that... I, I'll do a spoiler-free section with some of the basic premise, but honestly, I would recommend stopping us right now and going and watching the movie and coming back. I really would. As someone who's experienced it for the first time, I concur. Yes. So, let's get out of the way, first of all, and obviously it's worth watching. I wouldn't be saying that to you. I wouldn't be saying care this much about going in cold if it wasn't worth watching, right? Obviously, it's worth watching. Right. I recommend it. But yes, so this is a movie directed by James Ward uh, Burkett, who has not directed any other movies before or since. Uh, he oh. he's worked still worse than movies. He does uh, he's got he's got credits in art direction and things like that. He's he's still working and stuff like to this day, but he's not directing anything. He's doing other jobs. This was his little <laughs> movie that could his little project that he did somehow uh, with. Uh, Mostly a cast that I'm unaware of, except obviously one. There's one actor in this that I do obviously know, because he was on a certain hit television show, Roswell. So... <laughs> <laughs> Clever. I, I have... People get that joke if they've seen the movie, or later on when I explain it. But I will say that it's actually a really clever joke in the movie itself that I'll get into oh, when we start talking about things. Uh but yeah, so the movie is set essentially in one house. They do go outside the house occasionally, but it's, it's a set in and around the one house. It's a dinner party. It's eight friends getting together. They're all... They, the ages sort of vary, but we're talking early 30s. I think the oldest people there are maybe in their sort of later 40s. But it's kind of that range. And they're all friends. They're ready for a dinner party. But that night, there's a comet. Miller's Comet is going overhead. And... This is a science fiction movie podcast, so obviously something science fiction-y happens as a result of this comic going overhead. And I will simply say that it is to do with timelines. Or um. dimensions. Or realities. Or whatever <laughs> phrasing you would like to, to use. Okay. <laughs> yeah, things become very Twilight Zone. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, things become very Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's, that's what we could call the it. The comet is from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> the, the comet has entered from the Twilight Zone, and will return to the Twilight Zone after its night of chaos. So, uh, but to to really put it into simple terms, it's it's a movie, a group of characters who get together. They're they're reminiscing, catching up, uh, connecting over their pasts and things like that. And then mysterious things start to happen because of the comet. And I I mean, I'm, I'm basically just going to leave it there. Like, I, I don't want to tell you anything else in spoiler-free. <laughs> like, I feel like anything else would be spoiling things. And I I, I, I think this movie's worth watching. And 
I'll, I'll just, we'll just get into uh, the rest of the spoiler-free stuff. Tara, this is your first time seeing it, although technically your second because you watched it twice. But <laughs> you watched the. I had I had to keep everything together. Yeah. So. Yeah. But both viewings <laughs> were in the last forty-eight hours, so you're here. You're primed. You're ready to go. How did you feel about Coherence? I I sort of love this movie. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but I mean, it's my it's my type of film, right? We we talk about this this what we want from a movie in a like a science fiction movie we don't we don't need the big flashy explosions and alien ships we just we like having the the 12 angry men of science fiction where people have this concept and they have to work it out and this whole movie is like a puzzle (laughs) that all these people are trying to figure out and solve and it all these wrenches keep getting thrown in as they uncover things and it's really awesome like it's really fun and it's it's really well written, really well um, acted. Uh, some of the direction made me a little bit ill. Just well, <laughs> some of the camera work made me a little ill. <laughs> but I get it. It's a cheap film. Like it looks very indie. It does look but, indie, uh, but it, it looks more professional than some. Like a lot, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot of like low budget indie stuff that goes like to VOD and stuff that doesn't look like film. It looks like uh, really cheap and nastily. Li- I, I I felt that this actually still looked professional despite the fact that it. Sure. Because uh, I, I think just they, the the, the handheld, yeah. handheld camera. Sometimes I'm like, just just slow down, stop shaking. Yeah, the handheld <laughs> camera. I think was an effort to keep it moving frantically, and also because even the opening of the movie, it's like her on the phone as she's driving up to the house, and it's sort of getting out of focus constantly. And I kind of get why, just from like a title of the movie, coherence. You know, it's incoherent, and you know, it's kind of phasing back and forth. It kind of fits with the themes. Sure. I, yeah, you know, I thought about it too, and yeah. it, it, but I still, I still wish that we just had some, <laughs> some moments where I'm just like, stop, just calm down, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I, I get it. It's, it's too much for your for your, your eyes, I guess. Your eyes are just not liking it because it's, or your head's yeah. not liking it, whatever way you want to phrase it. I, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, I, because I, the, the, you mentioned the uh, the acting. The acting is very good. It's all very natural. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, what well, part of that is actually that I believe a lot of the dialogue they let them kind of, you know, massage by themselves. You know, a lot of it's kind of improvised, uh, which, and I I think one of the the assets the movie has is that they're dealing with such a crazy concept. And I think if anyone has a complaint is that they maybe jump to believe things sometimes, maybe a bit quick. But I think what helps ground it is the fact that they really feel like eight real people who are like at least most of whom like, there's one. They do. Kind they feel like four outsider. couples yeah. that are all friends with each other. The the conversations they have, the jokes they make, they all feel like they're just natural like yeah these people all know each other it feels very <laughs> natural and I, I think that makes all yeah. the crazier stuff easier to buy because everything feels so grounded in a yeah real life I think way my only like nitpick with the film is that you know a lot of people have a lot of convenient knowledge mm-hmm. of what's happening uh <laughs> there's, I, I... you know our, our main lady knows a lot about crazy comet stories that have happened in previous centuries and the one character has a brother who happens to be like a, a genius and the, just knows quantum mechanics and yeah i'll give you the brother right i'll give you the brother i'll stick up for the the main you know m her name is i'll give i'll stick up mm-hmm. for her knowing some stuff because she kind of frames it as a because this comet's happening tonight she read some articles today that sort of like sure maybe she was listening to npr uh, yeah in the like, car and they were doing a history of 
crazy comment. Because <laughs> the way she was reiterating it, it did feel like someone heard something like on a website or a podcast and was just kind of retelling it to their friends. It kind of had that feel to it. Uh, ultimately, though, I would chalk all this up to we have to have a movie, <laughs> and without this, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do it? I suppose sure. I, I don't have a good answer for you. Uh, well, maybe you don't need the history of the comet. Sure. You definitely need. I mean, the one need... lady has like her has a little bit of a medium thing going on. I'm not into that, but I I get it. Like it still feels very much like a real person. I mean, she wasn't really, really a medium, though. She. I mean, hell, even that's a leap. She yeah, was, the she... feng shui was off. And... Yeah. I, okay. So some hoity-toity middle-aged white woman's talking about feng shui. I mean, that, that's not yeah, saying. It, the... it seems like yeah. a real. Yeah, it really it seems like a real thing. But she is disturbed by a certain area of the house, and that does come back later. Oh, I guess. So you're taking that as she's literally feeling something there and it's important. I took that as a thematic thing where it just happens to be that place. It's like a wink-wink from the, the, the creators behind the camera. I guess I just read that moment different, that, that kind of idea differently from you. Because I, I don't read that as, oh, she actually really felt something there. <laughs> just Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, on the second view, and especially, I noticed it sure. more. But... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if, she if, certainly didn't feel anything else when there's a whole lot of other things going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just she felt like just a sort of typical like upper class middle aged white woman who's too she into was, yeah bored and yeah. discovered crystals or something. Yeah, or she, the power she, of Meg. <laughs> yeah, she likes to talk about a lot of weird shit. It's this is kind of who her character is. Yeah, and do really hardcore drugs. Yeah, in fact, one of my favorite lines in the movie after she re- she's got this little vial of something. She's like, "Hey, if anyone wants this in their food or something, like, just let me know." And she she says it's her own concoction, and she says that she just casually puts out the ad that uh, one of the main ingredients is ketamine. And Nicholas <laughs> Brendan, who I was who, who I was talking about earlier, of course, uh, the actor that I knew, uh, my, one of my favorite like, lines in the first chunk of the movie. It's just like a nothing line. Is at the end of that scene yeah. before it fades to black, he just kind of yells out as everyone's arriving, "Hey, is anyone want like, coffee, wine, ketamine?" <laughs> just- <laughs> this is such a good little Horse tranquilizer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, I think the act is all very natural. I, I think that lens that gives it a credence of of like reality that I, I think mm-hmm. makes it feel genuinely unique. Because I, I would let this movie away with a lot more, probably, for the fun of the debate and the fun of the, 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 the theoretical physics and the fun of like what's going on. I would let it away with sure. more. I think the fact that it keeps it grounded as it is is actually quite impressive and makes it very endearing to me as a movie yeah and i i really do think that this one uh improves on multiple viewings i mean you've mm-hmm. seen it more than i have but on the second viewing i was just like okay now i'm picking up on these details and they really do start for, like from the beginning joe yeah everything there's not a line in this movie that's wasted which is actually even more impressive when you realize that the actors were kind of improvising a lot of the dialogue i mean don't get me wrong i'm sure the details of what they had to get across were not improvised like they have to get this point this point this point across but it does make it really impressive and uh i uh so yeah th- this was the third time i'd seen the movie and what was interesting is i was noting a couple noticing a couple of things not as much of course because obviously first to second is a, b- a big deal right second to third sure. not as much but i was noticing a few things that i hadn't noticed before and even more amusing than that though there was a couple of things that I only realized at a certain point that I missed this time that I'd noticed the second time. Yeah. Like there was a moment where something kind of paid off and I, I remember, and the reason why I noticed it is because I remembered it from my previous viewing, not because I noticed the setup. 
<laughs> in this viewing. Oh, right. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit, I'm even forgetting things from the previous uh, sitting. I'd like, right. remembering that instead of noticing it this time. It, it was just... So it's a wonderful puzzle of a movie. Uh, you know, you, you feel like... I think your brain's doing the... Uh, the murder board thing with the strings and the the, the photographs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you yeah. try to piece it all together. That's why, because we, we were supposed to record this um, yesterday and I finished the movie and said, I think I need another go. <laughs> <laughs> because once the movie was done, I was like, okay, I, I you know, I, I, I get the overall concept and themes, but I really want to know each step to the puzzle just a little mm. bit better before we talk about it. I think and this is the sort of movie for me. really helped. This is the sort of movie for me where, like, sometimes we'll, you know, watch some crappy VOD sci-fi movies and, you know, we've been look- setting our schedule up and we're looking at even doing even more in the near future because we've kind of neglected them and almost let ourselves away with just doing big classics <laughs> a little bit too much recently. And this is exactly the type of movie that we might occasionally discover where it makes yeah. it worth wading through all the other sort of cheap shit that is just shit. And... This is the movie that I put, to, uh, this type of movie is what I'd put forward and say, look, sometimes if the writing and the, you know, the other qualities like the acting and directing are good enough, the, the, the budget does not matter. If anything, it'll be more inventive than the yeah. bigger movies and it'll be more engrossing because of it. This is essentially a movie with eight people talking for 90 minutes and I it's probably more exciting beat to beat than some of the biggest budget blockbusters that I've seen. Like, you know, we just did Independence oh, yeah. Day last week. There were scenes that were really, really tense. Yeah. We just did Independence Day. That, that, this movie is way more exciting than Independence Day. I will stand by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the third act of Independence Day is pretty exciting, but uh, <laughs> there's no Bill Pullman speech, but yeah, it's not, pretty good. No Randy Quaid <laughs> flying up the anus of the ship and going, I got you, suckers, or whatever he says. No, I got you, suckers, is the end of... Uh, chubby rain the fictional movie in bowfinger <laughs> i don't know why my mind went to that quote what <laughs> you ever seen bowfinger no bowfinger is about uh it's so eddie murphy is like a big hotshot actor in that and uh, in, in the context of the movie right Ooh, isn't including ash a science fiction movie <laughs> it is yes I, I hadn't even thought of that thanks for reminding me of that uh but steve martin's like this like fledging director he's got this crew of people who always help him and they're like low lives they make nothing but he finds this guy who's a dead ringer for Eddie Murphy, right, in the film. Because he's not, he's not called Eddie Murphy, he's like whatever famous actor is in the movie. And their plan is, is to shoot a movie using the, him as a d- double, but somehow tricking the real actor in, in like public situations where he doesn't realise he's in a movie, but all the crew think they've actually hired him. And it, anyway, <laughs> the end of this, this, this fake movie is him yelling out, I got you suckers into the sky, because it's like an alien invasion thing. Uh, <laughs> I learned so much it's not from a... this show. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, like, it's probably the last decent Eddie Murphy movie. You know, I not, believe that. I, I mean, I've not seen a. The, the, it was like a drama he was in like last year that people said were good, but out of his comedies, that was the last good Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah, Tower Heights was no good. No, that sucked. Um, yeah, this was like I want to say Bowfinger was like nineteen ninety nine, maybe two thousand. Um. Yeah. But anywho, uh, so yeah, no budget, still great. Um, these are the type of gems that we hope to find. I put this up there with like time crimes and mm. day the earth caught fire. On like, what a surprise! Yeah, even some of the stuff we did in the seventies was pretty good. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I I, th I think uh, you know when people because when how do I phrase this uh, in a diplomatic way? Uh, you know when certain people will say, "Well, look at a movie and say, oh, nothing happens because there was no like explosions or gunfights or or you know things of that nature." That is part of my criteria for whether or not a movie's good. <laughs> I feel like must be at least six explosions. This this to me is an example of like just like no, you can do so much more with less, and like it's great if if yeah. you can do all those exciting things. If you can be the, you know, your Christopher Nolan of your Inception, where you've got the the ideas, but you're also putting in this insane action on top of it that works with it, then great. But this to me is so impressive as a little little movie. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is our most twelve angry men of of movie stuff of science fiction films so far that's so far just yeah. people arguing around a table trying to solve a problem this is what we wanted uh what was the final countdown to be we bring up that movie a lot or i do at least <laughs> it's the movie that the little movie that could well that should. <laughs> going with the our youtube numbers it is kind of the little movie that could it seems to just keep yeah it's, it's, it's not our most <laughs> successful but it's this this bizarrely high compared to some of the other episodes. Anyway, right. uh, so no, I saw Grandpa is searching for it and thinking that the, 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 our review is just the movie. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault if old people don't understand the word review. Okay, it says review in the title. <laughs> it's in the thumbnail. I can't make it clearer. <laughs> I can't. I've even started putting our faces on the thumbnails to make it clear. Hey, this is the people actually on the video. This is us here. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I need to start doing my makeup before we record. <laughs> yes, I have to make sure and duck, duck my head down every so often, just so that I can get a, a frame where I'm not cut off at the top. Uh, so, anyway, uh, you make the thumbnails. You can just take a picture. <laughs> I, I I did do that for screams actually for the Twilight review. I had to fake a pose because I realized that all of my head was completely cut off the entire review, which is fine in the context of video. People think cutting off the head's a bad thing. It's not. Like, if it's framed properly with your eye line, cutting off the head's fine. But it's bad for taking an image from to make a, a cutout of. Uh, so I had, to, I had to just do a pose. So so if you look at the Twilight thumb for screams, my uh, face is just me performing <laughs> because it's not an actual moment. <laughs> I'm also wearing a different shirt than the video, so that should tip people off. But anyway, uh, so I think I You're shall... Behind the scenes scoop. I know. So I shall uh, give you the spoiler warning. I will thank our $20 patrons, which are our Patreon producers. Uh, so thank you to David Short, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, and Alison M. Fordis. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, also, it's four dice, not Fordis. You know, I used to say it that way, and then she corrected me, and I've been saying it right forever, and now I just messed it up, because I... I don't know. Had a brain fart for a second. I'm sorry, Alison. You're great. You've been a loyal patron for a long time. Uh, you're one <laughs> of the favourites. You. Yeah, you're one of the favourites. Uh, so, ah, how about that? But of course, you don't have to support us for $20 per month, do you, Tara? No. If you like what we do and you want to support us, you can check out the Patreon page at patreon.com. What are you laughing at me for? Because you're like a deer in the headlights. I do it every time and somehow you're still shocked. You're still like, what? No, don't put me on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> go to that Patreon page and if you donate $1, you'll get um, access to our library of bonus movies. You can get the Transfer Saga. You can get uh, Time Cop, Judge Dredd, um, 
there's some great um David Carradine <laughs> films on there. Just, uh, so, plus, so you, you get all the screams back catalog too. What? So what? So if we get to episode two hundred and you still say the same three movies when you're giving examples for <laughs> bonus movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to know about why dry hairs for squids, you should uh, check out the Trancers saga. I mean, that's fair play. Trancers is relevant for a while because we've only done three of those so far and we keep doing them every few months. So, you know, and hell, we might even do Trancers uh, for this month. We've not picked our bonus movie for this month yet. This month being May. Uh, Whoa. So maybe a Trancers month. I don't know if Tara's in a Trancers mood, but we'll see. I'm always in the mood for Jack Death. <laughs> Dry hairs for squids. Uh, I'm probably too old for. You are too old for him. Like you, young. He, he likes uh, <laughs> that. That what, what do they call it? Barely, barely legal. Barely legal. Yes, <laughs> that's the term. And Tara, what do they get for the five dollars here? Uh, you get to vote. You get to vote for our movies that we um, do the voting for. <laughs> <laughs> every month, every month, we'll come up with categories. Some of them. <laughs> You get to vote for the movies we do the vote for. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, you're technically you're not wrong. Also, you can, if you want us to watch a movie, you can, you know, submit it to the reactor, and a five dollar tier gets to do that. So, and one more thing, yeah. one more thing, the five dollar tier gets to do. Um. Yeah, they get um some episodes of shows a week early. Oh, specifically for this show, they get all the episodes a day early. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, you think you think me saying it often enough would have somehow maybe just drilled its way into your head a little bit, but no. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Uh, full spoilers for coherence from this point on. I didn't. I did not expect the Patreon plug to be as jovial this episode, but here we are. I'm sure in a different universe, I did it. I just <laughs> nailed it. So. <laughs> oh dear. Jail's a universe where we're giving this a negative review. Ooh. That's the dead not cat. Possible. That's the dead cat universe. <laughs> Or do I be that's in that the, yeah, that's not the universe I choose to live in. Yeah. So, <laughs> look at us getting really sly with the hints of what the movie's going. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, Coherence is about parallel dimensions or uh, timelines diverging. And the whole idea of it calling Coherence is they explain at one point in the movie uh, from the Dude's Brothers book, uh, <laughs> from Hughes Brothers book specifically, is that you know, we have all these divergent possibility timelines happening all the time, but decoherence means that they never actually see each other or merge or are aware of each other's existence. Uh, but what's happening with the comet is that while it's passing over, uh, we have coherence, hence the title of the movie. Uh, the other example given for this is the Schroeder's cat uh, test, or the, 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 the mental exercise, I suppose you'd call it, uh, where you have mm -hmm. a cat in a box and there's a vial of poison. And until you open the box, the you know obviously either the cat's alive or dead, fifty-fifty, right? That's the normal way of thinking about it. But theoretical physics says that both actualities are true until you open the lid. So there's a universe where the cat's alive, and there's a universe where the cat's dead. And the idea being that all these universes that are happening, uh, you know, 
So, so to, to put these two together, what that's saying is that when the, the, the lid opens, is that there's now two universes from that point. And in one, the lid opened and the cat's alive, one, the cat's dead. But either version of you that finds that that version of the cat will never be aware of the other version. You'll just think that yours was always the one. So that's what this movie's playing with. That's what the movie's playing yes. with. Well done. <laughs> was that was that was that a good explanation? That's a little coherent. <laughs> Did you mean that? Was that intentional? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you take credit for it anyway, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I totally was. <laughs> All right, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, so. Yes, uh, the movie has lots of little hints early on when we meet the characters and we meet M for the first time and her phone cracks as she's driving to the house and we meet... And I I, I was actually wondering if uh, every... Because it fades to black a lot for scene transitions, which is something that TV shows usually do for ad breaks, but this movie does yeah. it a lot. And I was wondering if every time it fades to black, it's technically not jumping to a different parallel lane, but I think we're with the same M the entire time. Okay, okay. You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, we're with the same M the entire time. Uh, but of course, we don't necessarily... I, I had to watch the, the on the second viewing, the last like 10 minutes, I mm -hmm. watched twice because I just wanted really? to make sure because there is a lot of things that happen there. And I, just make sure that is the same one, right? As, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> the... I think I think it is. I think... Or with the same M the entire time. I, th I think it is too. I I think what's really fun once you realize what's been going on is like noting the moments that we actually say goodbye to versions of the characters that we're never seen again, because you don't realize that yeah. the first time that you're you're actually losing that version of the character forever. Forever, uh, yeah. Once once they've left the house, uh. So I mean, how do I? I think working through this in order is going to be really tough because of so many details. So I, I think oh, this will probably be a little bit more jumpy around it based on the ideas we're talking about but <laughs> tara's looking down at her notes which are completely in order she's like no i, I prepared nope, for this i looked to see if i had water okay i, didn't have, any. Right. I have no notes <laughs> <laughs> she's got like a, a diagram it it's not primer but it's still like a lot to keep track of i feel like this movie does a better job of making the viewer feel like you get it even if you don't get everything yeah, well, the first time it's like it's like watching a magic trick. You don't really know where it's going to go. And then the second time you watch it, you're looking for the steps on how they yeah. tricked you. Because you know? there's a lot of little things to set up early on that I love. L little details that you don't realize are important until they are later. Because um, the one the thing I didn't notice actually this time that I remembered from a previous viewing when the payoff happened was, uh, I can't remember what the line was, but it's something to do with the, the vase that's on the in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. um, I never actually picked up the first part of that this viewing but when they did the payoff later where sort of m looks at everyone like oh wait a minute that's not the same people that i was with earlier i actually remembered from the previous viewing that they said some they already had that interaction at the start of the story so that's why this, right this they stuck said out. yeah where'd you get that boss from i love it oh from galaxy something blah, or whatever yeah yeah and then that happens again and m's looking at them like are these my friends yeah so but was, it wouldn't make sense that because for like two-thirds of the movie we think there's only two versions there's only i mean on the first viewing anyway yeah, yeah. we think there's just a copy and, of themselves and, and to be fair when you do think it's just that the movie's still fascinating the idea that there's two it versions is, of the house yeah. and there's two versions of the group and okay this version is that the the red version or version second the... viewing they're dropping hints that there are yeah. no, there are way more than two <laughs> there's there's tons of hints about how these people yeah. don't match up um 
So just to explain, kind of like, so so they're having this their party. There's all these details. There's some character stuff to set up. Like, uh, so I'll, I'll explain the character. So M, for you know, is kind of the main character, even though she's the main in the sense that we're the one we stick with the whole movie. But I don't necessarily feel that she gets like more time than a lot of the other characters. You know, there's definitely times portions of the movie where it feels like yeah. she fades into the background, and we spend with others. But we have M. Yeah, she's our baby. That's not fair. She's not a hero. Well, not not that Sam anyway. <laughs> that's that's Sam's the dead cat. Em. Uh, so, so uh, Kevin's her boyfriend, um, and he wants to. He's going somewhere for work for four months, and he's asked her to come with. And she's kind of humming it on about. It. She doesn't really want to know if she wants to go. And he even offers, "Hey, why don't just come for a month, so we're not going you know apart that long. You can stay there for a month, see how you feel, come back, no big deal." Uh, but it's kind of, you know, they're in a bit of a rocky place because they're at this big decision and she's kind of hesitant. Uh, meanwhile, we have Nicholas Brendan uh, and his wife. So he's Mike and his wife is Lee. Uh, Lee runs like Skype or I mean, she's not the boss of Skype, but they kind of imply because they're in this is San Francisco. So we're like, you know, Silicon Valley, all the rest of it. Uh, and she. Yeah, the other, the, the frou-frou lady, she also like, no, not frou-frou lady, the lady with the dark hair is also like works for a non-profit in silicon valley so yeah laurie like, yeah yeah that yeah. northern california area so she she does all uh tech stuff for skype or whatever uh mike is an actor so actually i'll explain this joke here and why i think it's so wonderful so when they're actually <laughs> having dinner uh laurie sort of questions about what he does for a living because she, she's kind of like she used to date uh kevin which is why it's kind of awkward that amir who's this other guy their friend has brought to dinner apparently he's got a history of dating kevin's exes and this is the latest in line of that so obviously it's awkward for everyone that has ex-girlfriends sitting there when he's sitting there with and it's an interesting now because it implies that because these are all a big group of friends so it implies that kevin and M were well aware of each other for a long time you know they've been around mm-hmm. each other for a long time before they became a couple seemingly if he was he has all these like relationship stories but they all know each other for a long time laurie's the only one who's kind of like you know, extra. She's the one who doesn't belong in the group. And that that's kind of there. But anyway, so she's asking what Mike does for a living. And he says he's an actor. And she's asking, okay, what sort of acting do? Is it theater or whatever? And he's like, I was on a TV show. So there's layers to this, this joke that I love. Layer number one <laughs> is that he says he was on a TV show in the 90s that was big. And of course, my ears are perfect. My first time through, I'm listening to it, like, where's he going with this? <laughs> and he, yeah. says, he says Roswell. And I'm like, and then later on, when we get to the alternate timeline stuff and the alternate realities, I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. This is a version of, I mean, right. obviously he's not called Nicholas Brendan, but this is a version of Nicholas Brendan where he was on Roswell instead of Buffy. That's pretty funny. There's actually like a meta level to this. It's even great, better though. So later on, we find out that he's an ex-alcoholic. Well, not, you're not an ex-alcoholic, but he's a recovering alcoholic is the term, right? Yeah, and, he's sober. And we find out that other versions of Mike and the other houses aren't sober, right? They're, they're still drinking. So, and violent. Yes. Nicholas Brendan in real life has had several drinking and violent like arrests. And mm-hmm. there's something here about this joke that just makes me laugh because what they're saying is, is the version of Nicholas Brendan who was on Roswell instead of Buffy was able to get over his drinking problem and is having a, a fairly comfortable <laughs> life. But the So presumably the drunk one we see later might have been the one that was on Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is our Nicholas Brendan? <laughs> and I think there's there's layers to this joke. And if he was aware of this joke, if he if he understood what they were doing with this, he's a good sport for letting them do it because it's actually really funny yeah. and really cutting. So too bad the real Nicholas Brendan is 
like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, drunk makes more like Nicholas Branding, unfortunately. But unfortunately, yeah. there is there is a layer to that that's like, man, that's actually really smart, like little inside joke almost that they've nailed it that much. But I dug that. Right. That's that fun. It's fun. I like it. Plus, uh, he's he really is like the only recognizable actor, at least far. Uh, he he's probably like the the most recognizable actor because he was on a hit TV show. A hit TV uh, show. A hit TV show. You say. <laughs> I'm just using your word. Thank you. <laughs> I hear it every episode. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I mean, M. The actress who plays M's been on a bunch of TV shows and stuff, bouncing around. But yeah. I don't. I don't know who any of these people are really. No. Um, maybe Hugo looks familiar, but he's. I mean Hugh. Hugh. Hugh is the actor Hugo. Uh, the, 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 maybe the tall one. The tall yeah, one. yeah, the actor Hugo. Kind of yeah, the actor Hugo. No, oh, he's not anything. No, no, no. He's done some things. Yeah, uh, I I know that Lee isn't really acting anymore because when I was looking at the actress the other day, she she uh seems to have just stopped. She does other stuff. Like she's someone who does like uh producing and stuff like that, but she's not really been in anything since this. Basically, uh, she's directed stuff Gosh. too. She's great. Like she was. Oh, she, I thought everybody was so good in this movie. Do you know she directed recently? Uh, Hustlers, huh. that movie that came out last year. Did we bring that up in one of the reviews? <laughs> in Independence Day, we I did. Think, I think we did. Yeah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, Talking about stripping. She, yes, yeah, oh, she like she directed some uh, New Girl episodes. She's done a couple of movies now, so she's uh, she's a director who's having her career flourish. <laughs> hey, how about that? <laughs> At the moment, so. Uh, wasn't Hustles like nominated for some Oscars as well? <laughs> I mean, nominated for Oscars? I'm sure it was. I'm sure so. I'm sure someone got like a support actor. Lopez thing? <laughs> oh, was that a low key burn? <laughs> Did she sing? It's the only way she could have been nominated for an yes. Oscar if she sang. Uh, Wait, is it a good movie? I legitimately thought it was a bad movie. I think some uh, some people seem to like it. It didn't look like my sort of thing, but I mean, <laughs> there's an AARP movies for grown up awards. <laughs> uh, okay, can, can we move on? That? Every episode, yeah. you go down this rabbit hole of looking up everyone on IMDb. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. Totally There's did. a universe where you're the one who does that. Yeah, I actually started it in this episode before anyone corrects me in the comments. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I'm aware of it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> oh, Peter, Peter getting the evil eye from Tara is good entertainment value. So I mean, something's been accomplished. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I was just playing the characters. So you have Mike and Lee. Uh, you have M and Kevin. Uh, of course, we mentioned Laurie, who's the ex-girlfriend, and she's with Amir, who's their friend. Amir. And then we have the slightly older couple, which is Hugh and uh, Beth. Beth being the one who's at the feng shui, and uh, Hugh's got a beard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that's our, our characters. And there's a lot of little things set up about the, the dynamics between them early on. I, I think even just the character stuff at the start, because... Everything I was really noticing in this viewing that everything they talk about, even at the dinner table, is all stuff that like in their past, like if only it went in another direction, is or 
Like, or it almost went this way instead. Like, because M's right. big thing that she talks about when uh, Laurie's asking about what she does, and she's like, oh, I used, you know, I used to do ballet or whatever. And she's telling this story. And she, and she tells yeah, the story. She, she creates like a dance routine or something or a show. Yeah. That somebody else ends up getting to star in because they brought in somebody else. Yeah. Well, last uh, minute or whatever. Yeah. The, the specific story was that she was going to, she wanted to star in it because she created it, but they got like the, the, the ballet troupe or whatever they're called. I don't know the the prima term. ballerina from yes. somewhere else. But the the, yeah. the 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 biggest ballerina in the world joined the company, and because of that, she was given the lead role, and she was uh, M was only offered the understudy, and M took a long time to decide if she wanted to even take the understudy because her pride was hurt. So someone else took the understudy job, and then as luck would have it, the the big actress or the big ballerina pulled out at the last minute, and the understudy got to do the role. So not only did she get to be the lead, and she then that would have been M's job. As Laurie points out, this person who replaced her is like the only mm-hmm. name she knows from ballet because she's that famous. She's like the one name that everyone who's not into ballet knows. And right. she even says, oh, she like stole your life. <laughs> like that could have been your yeah. life. And and obviously this is also her boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. So there's like extra just layers of like tension in this exchange. <laughs> there's a lot like on the second viewing, there's, there's a lot that I am still a little puzzled by. Like, um, Mm-hmm. It, it seems like there is a universe that that um, Laurie has seen Roswell without Nicholas Brendan in it. So it seems like there's already changes happening. Oh, that's like, th- maybe from the initial drive. Yeah, no, you're you're right. There's a well, as worth mentioning that her and Amir do arrive last. They arrive. They do last and. I mean, admittedly, I, th- I think you could maybe argue that nothing really happens until the uh, the power goes out, because that's when stuff really starts like happening. They start seeing things and questioning things and whatnot. But you know, you may maybe, be right. But the power doesn't go out until the one of the houses that we see at the very end, until after um, the new M has arrived. Oh yeah, they're clearly not on sync. They're they're clearly all yeah. happening kind of like that's you know. Uh, Staggered, that's what I was looking for. The opening scene, M is on the phone with Kevin as she's driving and her like the signal goes out on her phone and she's able to reconnect with Kevin, but he's talking about something else now, like a, a conversation that sounds a lot more serious and his tone is different. And then she's like, yeah, true. should we talk about this? And then just to her explain, phone Yeah, just to explain the Roswell thing that you brought, because that's a good point that I'd forgotten to mention is that when he explains that he was in Roswell, she's like really confused because she watched the whole show and she doesn't recognize him. And it's yeah. a- a- almost as if she came from the world where he was in Buffy instead and she never watched Buffy, but she saw Roswell. <laughs> like, you weren't in Roswell. I, I watched it. I don't remember you. Um, yeah, you're right. That... And he's like the lead guy. So yeah. anybody who was even slightly a fan of the show would have been able to say, uh, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, because she, ep- she says what episode were you in and he's like, all of them. <laughs> that was a series regular. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you told me that you played Jean-Luc Picard, I would have been like, um, bullshit. <laughs> hey, the hairline's getting there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I could have been Picard. I just said it because he's the lead. <laughs> sure. Like, um, no, it's, it's really funny. You're right. It's, it does kind of imply that there's already been some swapping. Maybe not stuff that's super obvious, uh, but like it yeah. does imply that uh, a little bit. Um, which would also mean that they're Amir because Amir comes with her. So it would also mean that they're yeah. the Amir that's here doesn't belong in this world either. 
and right. chaos. It's, 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 it's all very interesting stuff. Uh, so to get into the actual shenanigans of it, uh, they, they go out to look at the comet. Uh, they see it briefly. Uh, and then they come back outside. The power goes out. I don't know what the order of all these events are exactly, but basically because the power's out and there's one house that you can see in the distance that's, that's lit up, right? Uh, which it must have a generator. And sure enough, not too long later, Nicholas Brennan goes down to the basement to get their generator kickstarted. And he's all excited because, hey, we did it. Uh, but what one of the neat things is they pull out these glow sticks. They've got boxes of glow sticks, and they open the blue box. So they've all got blue glow sticks, which is important because for a long chunk of the movie, in the first time view, you think there's two houses, and you think we are we're watching the blue house, and there's a red house. Yeah. Right. That's the only difference. We it's a coin flip, yeah. like. And we do, and we don't get the, the chance. We don't get to even know that they've got a re- the red glow sticks until quite late on. Though there's a lot of stuff before we even get to that point where we understand that the other house has red because. That because it's not until they actually see them as a group that right. they see like duplicates, and that that's like halfway through the movie. There's a lot of stuff before then of just Hugh and Amir going to the other house to try and see if they can use their phone because Hugh's like, "Oh, my brother said I should contact him if anything weird happens," and like so he, he tries to go do that, and of course as they're away, you hear a noise outside, and it's like, "Oh, there's someone out there." Uh, that's creepy. But then eventually Hugh and Amir come back, and they're kind of like, uh, you know, Hugh's got a cut. And again, there's another coin toss moment where he's getting the band-aid. And it's like, yeah. do, you want, do you want the cloth band-aid or the regular band-aid? And of course, that becomes a, a detail later that changes. And it's like, right. oh, wait. Um, but one of the ones... And I'd... Amir grabs this random box and he says, I picked it up because I saw you put the box down. But like... Yeah, different hue. Then he says, but I didn't yeah. put the box down. I have nothing to do with that box. Anyway, yeah. yeah, go ahead. We we'll get to the box in a second, uh, but there's a detail here that I didn't know. I mean, I noticed this part where they come back in the house after the lights or after the comet, and like one of the glasses on the table is, is like smashed. There's like a sort of half of it's like sort of just chunks gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a moment later on when Lee's sort of just casually doing the dishes and she puts the glass down, but it's not like, smashed. I never noticed that in the first two viewings. Uh, no, me neither. Uh, that was a really nice touch. That was a really subtle yeah, one. And every every line, every detail yeah. in the opening of the movie is important because, in some way. Like <laughs> because, and the reason why that's so cool is that that lets us know that M's not in the original house anymore. Because that means we are not yeah. in the original house anymore. Uh, and that's really cool. I really like that little touch. Uh, yeah. But you're right. Let's get to the box because because that's this little box, and they open the box. And inside this is it, when it becomes like a horror movie for a little bit. Yeah, they get all scared because like there's photos of them in the box and they've all got numbers in the back. And it's, like, and it's not like, because the numbers are one through six, but it's not like there's a one, 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 two, one, three, one, you know, there's like two sixes yeah. and three threes or whatever. Like, you know, there's, it's like they're mismatched. There's like, zero threes. Yeah. That's a detail. There you go. That's a detail. There are no threes. And it's yeah. like. It skips three and has like two fours. And yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's the point, it's memorable, which is why M remembers later that there shouldn't be any threes in the original list. Uh, <laughs> right. Gets so wacky. But it's like, okay, so also, why, why is there a a ping pong, like, bat? Why, why, why is that in paddle, here? Yeah. A paddle, sorry, yes, a ping pong paddle. Uh, um, <laughs> I know, you're not a sports guy. <laughs> I'm really not, no. Uh, but, you know, he, he they pull that out, and then it's like... It, all these photos with numbers and they're confused. And there's a moment afterwards when everyone's talking amongst themselves where M kind of turns to Kevin and says, hey, this looks like my handwriting. <laughs> uh, this yeah. Is, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, what's going on here? 
I like the panic that she has too, the subtle panic. But also she's just super mad because he told a story about his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, you you can feel the daggers coming off her eyes when because they're all telling stories yeah. from the past. And Kevin decides to start one with, oh, this was when I was dating Laurie. Like, dude, <laughs> you're jumping off a bridge right now. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's happy that it, Laurie is there anyway. And then he has to bring up a story about how he was dating her, which, by the way, when you listen to the story, has nothing to do with him dating her. Yeah, he could, he could have just... He brought that detail up for no reason. Yeah, he I could I would be have... pissed off, too. Yeah, he could have just not mentioned that part and just told the story. Um, no, yeah, admittedly, there's a I had a dream about it. I got mauled by a bear, and then I went to a party, and a dog named Bear mauled me. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a chance that if she'd like seen the dog part afterwards, that she might have recognized it and said, oh, hey, yeah, I remember that. And then it would have came out anyway, but he didn't have to mention it. Although, to yeah. be safe, pick a different story. Just you know, pick, <laughs> pick, pick a story, any story. Uh, and then later on when he says that, when we're having this conversation, uh, she's like, you can't have told any of the stories about like us. And she's like, we don't have crazy stories. <laughs> That's why I like you. <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. yeah, that goes with it. Yeah, tensions, tensions. But it all feels natural. It all feels real. Yeah. You know, it feels like a real idiot making a, you know, <laughs> a real dumb choice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, all that stuff's really well done. And so they're all debating and Hugh wants to go back out and they're confused. Like, okay, wait, hold on, there's a book. There's a book in the car, right? My brother ha had a book, or I, I think it's Beth that remembers this. So there's a book of your brother's is in there. Some of his brother's notes are in there about, and this is where they get the, 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 the Schroeder's cat and these theories and they're, they're, they're sort of debating this. Because uh, we never even talked about what Beth actually, or not Beth, sorry, but what M actually says about the, the comments in the past, uh, about how it traveled over, uh, you know, like 70 years ago and there was people were convinced that there were, like that's not my husband. I killed my husband yesterday. Why is why is my husband standing there, uh, and stuff right. like that? But she does mention that this comet that's traveling tonight is much closer than any other comet on recorded history. So presumably the effects will be worse or stronger than they were in these previous right. versions. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Comets have magical physics power. <laughs> Whatever. It tells a good sci-fi story. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Like, yeah, just Even go if with it's it. mostly magic. Yeah, just go with it. It's, uh... This, I don't know, the space-time continuums freaking it's, it's out. It's Twilight Zone logic. I can accept it. Sure, yes. In fact, can... they used it, this premise of a comet in um, the the latest season of the, the reboot. Yeah, don't don't bring up the reboot. I, I, see, I saw the, uh, the cast list for all the episodes. And yeah. for season two, and I'm like, good oh, cast. this must be coming soon. <laughs> We're getting yeah. to that point. It is a good cast, but yeah, it's uh, not looking forward to it. I assume that we're going to be doing season two. <laughs> oh, we are. We are. I'm not. I'm not thrilled about it, but we are. Hey, maybe the writers were checking out, you, you know, YouTube reviews. <laughs> 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 Took notes. Oh, they'll be too stubborn. They'll be too stubborn. You know what they like. Uh, they just didn't get it. Yeah, we're just too dumb for it. That's all the it comment was making the men bad, but they were bad the whole time. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have they have like these these clothes, and they got the book, and it's actually when 
the group want to go outside, right? So there's a group of four. And this, I think what's really interesting here is that M doesn't want to let Kevin go off on his own. She wants to stay tethered to him. So she does, yeah. right? She stays tethered to him and insists that she's going with him and a couple of the others are going. So I think it's them two, uh, Amir and Laurie. I may not be Amir, actually. Laurie no, Amir def- doesn't go. Yeah, Laurie and someone. I think Lee and Beth stay at the house. Lee and Beth always stay at the house. They don't never leave. Yeah, yeah. And um, Mike. It was Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike's yeah. the one who goes with them. Uh, and they see like duplicates of themselves. And this is where it's like, no. There's literally other people there. Like you can see them. You can see yourself with the red glow yeah. sticks. Uh, really good stuff. And they come back. And when they come back, and they're like, no, we saw other people, and they were the exact same, except they had red glow sticks. That there's a little moment where you just see Hugh and Amir look at each other like, oh no. <laughs> I, yeah i didn't notice it the first viewing but the second viewing i was like mm. oh he said oh, you can't really hear what they're talking about but you he do hear the words my wife like mm. that's not my wife yeah yeah <laughs> really good stuff and I, I think uh what's so fun about it is that like at this point you're still thinking it's just two houses you're st- at this yeah, point you're still thinking team and the blue team it's yeah. that simple yeah uh and you never think about the idea that they're there could be green. <laughs> there could be green out there, uh, and and yeah, we we eventually see green glow sticks. Who is it? We see it's a uh... hmm. Someone else who comes out of the house later with a green glow stick. Uh, it may be another Amir and Hugh actually. Now that I think about it, uh, because because uh, we because we think I don't think so. I can't remember. But think... I don't think I don't think I I ever saw the green glow stick. Oh, we definitely do. Just I th- the box. I think one of the mate has, has them. There's definitely a green at one point. Uh, but okay, they uh so we because th- they think they get Hugh and Amir back like they think oh there's someone out there and it's Hugh and Amir and it's like oh they've got the yeah, red they're gone for like oh they've got the minutes. blue yeah and yeah they think they've only been gone for however long but they've actually been gone much longer and they're like oh no it's us like you know we got the we got the right color it's you know we're back where we belong no big deal and this is where the movie is about to drop a bombshell on us where things are getting really weird there's some details that i've glossed over that i'll go back to so some character stuff that i think's really cool but there's, like, there's a lot of details it's easy to skip <laughs> yeah a lot of details but we get this this great moment where okay we have to make a signifier for the house to make sure we all come back to the right one if we have to leave right and this is where they go well, okay a box with items in it and it has to be random it can't be something that's just red or blue because it's just that's just a coin toss and like if there's lo- if there's more than one of each, then how do we know if it's the right red or blue or so on? So like, okay, right. we'll do something. Num- you know, dice. We can roll a number for everyone, and it's like, wait a minute, because <laughs> because that's actually one of, one of the details about the photographs is that one of the photographs was uh, taken that of night, yeah, of a mirror, and it's like, okay, you brought that shirt today, but you've not taken a photo yet, uh, but you know, so it's like, okay, so we can do that, and then it's like, wait, we are the blue house, we should have the blue pen. And she's like doing the color, she's doing the numbers, and she's like, "Hey, do you remember your earlier number?" And she she, she looks, uh, oh, let's see what the, the earlier numbers were. And she gets to it, and I remember, you know, I think you remember her writing it in red. It was red before, which yeah. is why she started on red this time and then changed to blue. And we get to that page, and it's green, and it's like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah. And there's threes, and she's like, "Do you remember your number from earlier?" And she's asking around. One of the best parts of this though that I really noticed on this viewing though is uh, when mm-hmm. Amir brings up, because he does like uh, website authentication stuff, and he talks about those, we don't really use them anymore, but in 2013, this was a really common thing, was like the images yeah. you'd get before you put your passwords to just sort of make sure you're not a robot or something. 
And he's like, oh, you have a, a, an image or something, a signifier, so that you're in the ballpark. And it, then I was yeah, down. it's more for like a like a checking account. You can verify with mm. an image as well, a random image that you click on. It's not like the click all the pictures that have a bus on them or something. It's mm. it's like a you you literally just select an icon so, of something random, like a flower. So he explains this right, and that kind of oh, remember the paddle? You're like, okay, that explains the paddle. So they're great to talk. Okay, how about we do a coaster? But there's a moment here that I love that's really noticeable in yeah, repeat viewings. Yeah, talking about? Where uh, they're describing different possible items, right? And, yeah. you know, someone's suggesting, like, a, oh, a stapler, or oh, uh, an app, kind of this. And on, the, on, on a repeat viewing, you realize that everyone who suggests something is suggesting what they saw in the, the first box that they saw that was opened earlier. Right. And it's like, it's those little things that just works so well in a second view where I'm like, holy shit, all of them are remembering different items from earlier. Right. So later on when yeah. she confirms it and she's like, oh, hey, what was your item from earlier? And he's like, oh, it was a stapler. So like, oh no, it was a paddle and so on. Uh, like, it's like, oh, every every single time they've left the house and as, as M puts it, there's like a dark area that if they walk through that dark area, it's like they're just being spat out at some random universe and there's no control over it. Uh, right. Because there is a part where she gets separated. Yeah, there is. Because they it... all go into yeah. a dark area, the dark area, because some someone has smashed a window in the car, and they all go to the dark area. And she, they're like, well, let's all check our cars just to make sure that nothing else was taken or broken into. And she decides to like go to her car and climb in. And when she, when she comes out, her boyfriend's there, and they have like a sweet moment. But then they both realize that they're not the right person. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she brings up stuff that just happened, and then they realize that that he's not remembering this. And uh, Joe was so great about it; is he looks really intimidating. See, as soon as he realizes that it's not her, he's, it's not her M or not his M. Yeah. Uh, the light in the face from the flashlight hitting his face or the the glow stick just feels really intimidating. All of a sudden, yeah, it's, they both just kind of like walk away from the scene like yeah. they don't really know how to respond to each other other than like i think maybe you're a threat and, and, and it's important to back away and it's important to know here at this point uh because this really sets up what her decision is later is that at this point in the movie her and kevin are really strained because not only all the stuff i've mentioned already but there was a scene where uh laurie tried to like kiss him and kind of succeeded actually in, in the hallway yeah they, she's flirting with him he's sort of saying no stop but like yeah. not really and then she kisses him and and yeah. then he's like okay that's that's enough but yeah and <laughs> and beth saw this and she told told, told em and em confronts him about it and he just kind of like shrubs her off like he's annoyed she's even asking like, like yeah we have other priorities right now not our relationship yeah and so so this moment with this other kevin is that this kevin isn't mad at her this kevin is like feeling sweet and romantic and she pulls out this ring that she wanted to get from her car and it was like something that he won her a fair someday he's like oh, i remember that day. Yeah. that was sweet and they have this this sweet moment and when she gets back to the house to i mean it's probably not even the same kevin she left like five minutes ago admittedly but like she, <laughs> she comes back to the house and she's like hey remember this thing and he's like uh <laughs> like he just sort of grunts <laughs> And it really sets up this idea because because well, as as they're like debating all these theories and stuff, because uh, May gets really because actually the, the 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 smashing of the car window that was even set up because uh, Hugh wanted to go steal the other Hugh's book when they still thought it was just one other house they wanted to go to the yeah. other house just to steal their book because Mike started having all these crazy ideas that he'd go and kill his other self 
so that they wouldn't come and kill them. He's like, look, I'm not going to be the dead cat. They're going to be the dead cat. <laughs> yeah. I like my life. And by the way, you know, if what if the other guy, what if the other Mike is drinking right now and he's angry? He's going to come over here and I can't fight off angry drunk Mike. And that's the beautiful thing is that when Mike does kind of disappear, it's, I think it's during the scene where they're kind of asking Beth, did you maybe drug the food? Would that explain all of her weird feelings tonight? We'll forgive you, we yeah. just want to know it's okay. Uh, and she gets really offended of it and blah, blah, blah. But Mike comes back in like after that and no one realizes where he's went. And as soon as he walks in, he just looks different and he's like, I'm getting a drink. And everyone treats it like he's like breaking like his you know sobriety that he's had yeah. for like a decade. That this this whole scenario is just breaking him, yeah, yeah. causing him to go into a spiral, but, dark spiral. But instead, what it probably is is that this is drunk Mike from Universe whatever number <laughs> who's walked back in the house. Yes, from yeah. Universe Red. Yes. Uh, so all all that stuff was really well done, uh, and even because then eventually another Mike does show up to try and kill this Mike. Uh, yeah. maybe maybe one of the sober makes, <laughs> but there's make on make action. Yes, are you going to bring up how they did it? No, because Wait. he's a twin. I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yes, Nicholas Brendan does have an identical twin, which I assume they could use for body doubles in situations like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did it on Buffy at the very least. I don't know if they did it here. Is he not credited? Uh, I don't see him credited. Let me have a look. There's a bunch of people credited as extras, but even if he was, he may not be credited. It's the sort of thing, because I, I know that uh, Linda Hamilton's sister, who body doubled for her in Terminator 2, didn't get credited, so it's not... Well, that's surreal. I know. Hopefully they fixed that on the special edition credits. <laughs> I don't know if they did. I mean, it wasn't one of the special edition scenes, so maybe, they, maybe she is in the special edition credits. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, so so you have that idea. You also have the idea that Mike wants to like try and blackmail his other self by like saying, "I'll reveal this secret that you slept with Beth like twelve years ago," and mm-hmm. it's a bad idea. But eventually, they get a note, and Hugh sees it, and it causes this big turmoil of a scene where he starts yelling and realizing that everyone else knew in the room that that his wife had this one night stand with his best friend twelve years ago, uh, right. and it becomes this big. Commotion. Uh, well, it's it's a good scene because um, Emma has already explained to Mike who she thinks is still part of his universe. I know. Or you're her bringing, universe. Or... You're about to bring up the line, aren't you? <laughs> it's good. Because <laughs> Nicholas Mike's basically trying to say, hey, look, this doesn't matter. Besides, look, Emma's explained to me we're not in this. Like, I, I, I didn't come from this house, so that's not your wife and I'm not your best friend. We're not the right? But Hugh keeps getting yeah. angrier and angrier. So Mike eventually gets frustrated says, look, there's a million universes out there and all, all this like divergent stuff all started tonight, which means and there's a million universes out there and in every single one of them, I slept with your wife. <laughs> which obviously starts a fight. <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's funny, but it, it also rings like super clever writing because he's uh he i mean he could have said like i'm not actually the person that slept with her because i'm not your mike and that's not your your beth or whatever but (laughs) that he goes like the super dickhead way to do it and it's also after a moment where he's clearly drinking and Mm -hmm. saying like what if 
what if we're the ones who are bad? Like, what if we're the worst versions of ourselves right well, now? And I mean, so he just becomes it, you know? That's kind of And ultimate. then she's like, M also kind of has that realization like, this is not the universe that is ideal. Yeah, it's not the one she wants to be. Well, that's kind of the point of the movie is that these yeah. worst versions of them who are having all the. Because it's, it's worth mentioning that the version that we eventually see, the happiest version at the end. This is not a universe where they became obsessed and paranoid. They just sort of hung around and stayed talking, and that was it. No, no, no one cared. They just kind of they were content with their lives yeah. and didn't let the the paranoia or the suspicion get in. But all the ones that and all the couples are together, like they're yeah. all together. They're but, all like extra snuggly. All all the all the universes where they did start to freak out and did start to look for answers. That meant they started splitting mm-hmm. up, and it meant they started mixing. So all of the universities, because the universe that M started off in didn't seem that bad, right? But basically their own desire to kind of try and, like, they couldn't let it go. So they had to sort of intermingle and they had to, like, do things. And it, it created this mess where none of them are happy. And the, ultimately the point of the movie is that M is trying to not be the dead cat. She's trying to find a universe to fit into because she's not happy with the one she's in. So I, I think you could sort yeah. of read this movie in kind of like a just just look at the themes of the movie and just like this person who's like obsessing over the choices that she's not the past she's not taken and the choices she's not made i, I think i think it's really important that we get a story about her from her, her past that already has her making the wrong choice that she's regretted her entire life someone else is living the life that yeah. she should have she already has that kind of ingrained into her character so when she makes this yeah. choice during this fight when they're all arguing and fighting at the end and she just walks out and walks into the void to go and search for a universe mm-hmm. she, she wants to be in I think it really plays well to her character and we get this montage of her just looking at windows and some of them they're fighting and you know in ways that are, we can recognize and some it's a little bit different or ever and then she eventually lands in this one that's uh you know happy like you see all the couples are together they're all snug her and kevin specifically look like they're the happiest couple in the world yeah. uh and she it's, it's when she goes out to her car to get the ring that she height you know basically jumps herself and tries to like strangle her and knock her out she's the one who yeah she's the one who ended up smashing the the car window with a baseball bat to draw everyone out so she caused that event yeah well that not we that, saw earlier no that's the version of her though another version of her in another universe already did that right that yeah <laughs> i just mean an yes. m a version yes. of m, an m is the it, reason yes. why that's happening <laughs> and so she's taking advantage of that to do that to draw herself out because she knows she'll be out and, and that, by herself and that's the beautiful teasing of the movie there's just so many little things that you realize later or maybe in a second viewing you realize that oh that was actually this and that was this for this bit and this was them doing this later and so on and so on yeah and so on yeah. uh because that's the, the, the writers must have had like a big board with like the yeah. zodiac killer the- <laughs> red string tying everything together it's just to go back to the moment where m kind of pieces this together and realizes that there's more than two houses and she, she's looking at the numbers and she realizes she's yeah. not not in the original house anymore like the amount of houses that exist now given the math and what she's looking at is insane like it's, yeah. it's like we've got six people all with different num- random numbers uh all with different like colors so there's like three there's like all these different ob- we don't even know how many objects there is like to you know the, the, the you know the random yeah. objects we don't know how many there are we know there's three colors right and then there's six people mm-hmm. all rolling random numbers that could be one of six and then different combinations of all those people together eight people yeah yeah like we're talking millions if not billions of possibilities <laughs> of houses so if you leave your house you're never getting back to it yeah 
it's never happening. Th- there's no way that you can do it. She, <clears throat> the way they describe it in the movie, or she describes it as this dark zone is like a roulette wheel. Yeah. And every time you go into it, it's just a random destination that you could set off at. And they have different timelines. Like, not everybody is on the same. Uh, like when 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 the first two guys, uh, Amir and Q, leave, um, they come back both 15 minutes from when they left and like 45 minutes from when they left. And then when what's his name, uh, Mike leaves to go deliver the note and he comes back after five minutes and he's drunk, Mike, um, with the, uh, his name, um, M's boyfriend Kevin. says, Kevin says, Dude, you were gone like five minutes. There's no way you could have gone back, like gone there and come back at that time. Yeah. He's like, no, dude, I was gone 45 minutes. So the timelines are all off. When we see the last universe that that M sees the happy couples together, like it does seem like they don't lose power at all until like the very end. No, I think they might have done. Uh, oh, maybe then. I, I, it's the sort of thing where it could go either way because they didn't have any candles lit. There's a couple of lines, actually, because there's a moment where he says, uh, oh, I'll go get the glow sticks when the power does go out. And Hugh goes, ah, oh, don't be silly. We're not in a rave. Like, you know, it's like, you know, this is a universe where they even get glow sticks out. So, and I, yeah. I, I think I also like the idea that the reason why the, that first house they interact with is like so similar, right? The red v blue, they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that the universes that are next to each other are more similar than the ones that are further away. So every, so you're sort of right. daisy chaining and the further you get away from your universe, the more different it is. So the idea that she, when she goes through this dark zone like multiple times at the end, back and forth, back and forth, she's getting further and further away till she eventually gets to. So that's why like those first two houses seem so similar, barring one or two minor differences, right? But then mm-hmm. as it goes and goes, they're bigger and weirder and or or better in this case, where it's this happy life where everyone seems to be perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she tries to take this shortcut. She tries to kill her other self, but fails miserably. <laughs> Might we add? Because she she passes. She's gonna kill her. Yeah. <laughs> she tries to be. She passes out, and she wakes up. And the movie actually ends in this wonderful moment where Kevin's out with her the morning after, because obviously the comet's passed. Uh, and I also I I'd also actually actually argue that the reason why the power never went out the way it did in the other universities that she started in, if I go if I go with my you know the, the further out you get, the more different it is. Is that this one's right. the comet was already breaking up by the time it got to their house? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like the edge of the universe tapestry, if you will. I don't know sure. what you call it. Uh, so it only went out right at the end as the comet was finishing uh, for the night. Uh, and yeah. but Kevin, Kevin comes out and says hi, good morning, and she's you know hiding the second ring because now there's two rings because she had one on and she you know got the other one when she you know attacked the other M. She, uh, but he has phone rings and it's Beth, or sorry, it's, it's M, right? It's the M from this world. Yeah, he says it's you. <laughs> yeah, he just says it and we realize, oh, this is weird, it's you. It's like, oh, who is this? <laughs> and then he just sort of turns in. It, there's not even much of a reaction beyond just confusion confusion on his face. And she just sort of looks like like horrified that she's been caught. And it just, that's it, cuts to credits. And there's not much more to it because basically this shouldn't exist this shouldn't happen that they shouldn't find a second m this this anomaly shouldn't exist yeah this this universe that she has ended up in they have no idea about the other parallel universes like they were so far removed from all that that um there's no question like i wonder if there are any consequences like uh, i I would think so that she that she is 
in there are two versions of M in the same universe. I, I would think so. I I think she will. I think she'll basically spread the discontent like a disease to this universe because her existing here. The, if she explains anything that happened in her life <laughs> or why how she ended up here, like do you think Kevin in this world will ever look at his M the same way again, knowing what she's tried to do or knowing the world she came from? Mm -hmm. You know, so it like it would have this knock-on effect, and I, I I suppose maybe the ultimate message in yeah. the movie is that it, is that this feeling of discontent and mistrust does spread, and that you know the, the, I mean, this is we're doing universes here, and it's spreading from one version of a yeah. person to another version. This M has the goatee. Yes, <laughs> yes. She <laughs> to, is from the mirror. <laughs> to reference Star Trek, sure, but in, in the sense that <laughs> this is spreading. Like, if you is that, let's say for a second that this isn't universes, right? Each perversion of M just represents a part of her, right? The the whole mm -hmm. M, right? And the idea that this one bit of this seed of like her unhappiness is spreading through it, or and that this version of her that should be happy is about to be infected and not be happy anymore because she just couldn't let it go or she couldn't contain it, and she was too bitter or or whatever. Uh, she reached too high. Yeah. She was trying to reach uh, uh, the version of her life that she's always wanted. But she did it with nefarious means. She tried. Yeah. She had to, you know, she attempted to murder a version of her in order to to be it. But she could never be that that wholesome self because she had to do an act of violence to do it. Yeah, uh, it was actually a line of dialogue that I never noticed until this viewing. Uh, when they were looking at the comet breaking up at the end, uh, Hugh says something. I can't remember what the line is to be honest. I can't remember the words, but he basically says something that tells us that in this universe, um, is the ballerina, the, the prima ballerina. He has a line where he says something about uh, her oh, really? dancing. Yeah, it, it was it was just a subtle little thing, but it was just enough to let you know that on oh, this world she's probably did get that job and she probably did become this big hotshot uh, ballerina. Right. Oh, and not even just that, he has a, he has a line where he says uh, something about her being gone for a month because she's going with Kevin. This is a world where she cho made that choice, regardless of who you want to blame for for this like feeling between them, right? Whether it's him for being mm -hmm. too pushy with this this request to come live with them when he's on work location for four months or one month or her for being wishy-washy and not wanting to commit and not feeling that she wants to make that choice clearly in this universe there wasn't that much of a question to it it was very quick and concise to the point where they both felt like each other wanted to be around the other one right there was right. no it's uncertainty that they were happy together yeah basically yeah they were happy together and because they, they were, were happy just together, in a better version of their relationship yeah. um so, but the discontent and the 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 mystery and the the the, the paranoia of the oh she doesn't love me that much anymore, which then l led to her feeling that he didn't love her very much and that he was being tempted by this ex girlfriend, because uh, because I, I guess that was the other thing is that she has this scene with them where she sort of <laughs> doesn't give him the answer, doesn't give him the answer about the uh, the trip, and it's right after that where you know Laurie starts being really flirty with him. So she gets really kind of protective and possessive. She doesn't want to leave your side. She wants to stick. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I hear that she doesn't want to go with you to this thing, yeah. but you should really have a girl who likes to do that kind of stuff with you." Yeah, and even that. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's almost like a cheap praise because like you can almost boil anything, any conversation ever down to this. But there's so many th mm -hmm. conversations in this movie that it feels like they're discussing uh, option A versus option B, or what is versus what could have been, or you know, there's, there's always this weird parallel yeah. to every like sort of like thing they're talking about and i think it's very intentionally there to keep the idea of the you know power all these divergent choices that have been made or whatever so mm -hmm. uh, i think the movie's very smart in that sense and 
Uh, very natural. I love all the character stuff. I love M kind of like essentially realizing she is the dead cat. I mean, for lack of a better term, because that's the terminology they use, like realizing she's the failure universe, realizing she's the unhappy. Un- yeah. uh, you know, if, if every choice has a has like the yes universe and the no universe, she's realizing she's in the sad universe that she can't have the happiness and she doesn't want to be in this world. Uh, and in doing so might actually have crumbled another one might have taken a happy mm-hmm. one and ruined it because she's let that spread to them so there's a wonderful character work going on there but just the, the sci-fi ideas like the moment you realize that it's more than two houses and then the moment you realize yeah i i really thought it was two houses up until i saw the green pen and then i just mm. like my job just kind of dropped like yeah there's oh a, my god there's and, a, and they they tease it like there's a lot of really indications subtle. before yeah, there's a lot like, of really subtle hints. More than two notes. There are like we've conversations we've already heard with the with the boss, and uh, yeah, the note. So, yeah, the notes one. The notes one tells us there's at least four. Right, I think that's that point where you're like, oh wait, there has to be at least four houses. Yeah, uh, that might have been after the the green pen actually, where they realized that yeah. there were two notes here yeah, and two notes been, at the other. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I always expected at least a third. Actually, I, I think the first time I watched it, I was obviously it was like the red and blue. I was convinced the green because we saw three boxes, right, and there was a green pen. I was six. Yeah, I was convinced there was going to be a third, right? Just, but then of course there was like you know ten billion. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, you know, the 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 colors are just one of many variables uh, that we're playing with, mm-hmm. and that's good fun. But yeah, at least there's a lot of little hints. Uh, even really early on, there's a lot of little hints in the dialogue of like just subtle differences where, like, it's not just like, uh, yeah. I think what blew my mind the first time was realizing that that M wasn't even in the original house anymore. That this wasn't the original right. Lee and the original everyone else. Like, everyone else had changed uh, in some capacity. Uh, yeah, that with was the exception a- of the two women who always stayed in the house, like they were always in the right universe. <laughs> Oh yeah, in the context to them, but in the context to us, because we were following them, that wasn't our version yeah. of those characters. That wasn't our original Lee and Beth. Yeah, yeah. So that's super fun. Uh, it's a fun puzzle of a movie, but it's one that I think holds up and does poke at some great ideas and is constantly engaging. I, I, I'm never like I've watched it three times now, and every single time I'm into it. You know, I, I, when I mm-hmm. put this on yesterday, I thought, well, you know what? I, I've seen it twice. The last time was only like maybe a year and a half ago. You know, maybe I'll like do a little like Photoshop work while I'm watching or something like that. No, no. Like mm-hmm. less than two minutes in, I, I'd stopped anything else. I was paying attention and I was listening to every line of dialogue because I started noticing yeah. bits of dialogue. I was like, oh, wait, no, I need to pay attention now because there's just all this stuff. It's not too long also. It's just under like an hour and a half. It's a real quick yeah. watch maybe like an hour 20 but so much happens in it and it's very frantic that it's it it, it feels a lot longer than that which i know sounds like a bad thing but it it's not like it there's just so much that you're taking in and you're you're so engaged the whole time i'll put it this the, way um, i was gonna say i'll put it this way that the length it doesn't feel long in a runtime way it feels long and it feels like you've went through a real big journey like when you get to the end of the story yeah. it feels like you've been through because there's a lot of vod i thought this with tim a lot because a lot of the horror movies we watch that are like straight to vod are garbage and it feels like they spend 90 minutes doing almost nothing to the point where it feels like i can just this feel it not dragging, evil bong. right oh evil bong is a good example right but like <laughs> but there's a lot of other ones that are more serious that are trying to be good but they're failing miserably and this movie mm-hmm. like 
you feel like you've been been, been through an odyssey by the end and it's only 85 minutes <laughs> like you feel like you've yeah, went through yeah. so much because it's so dense with ideas and content right like i i also you know i watched these movies i watched the movie twice back to back and well sort of with the, the end of one night and then like tonight so and the second time i thought well i should probably do my dailies in animal crossing <laughs> well i just you know listen to the movie but i couldn't like all i did was just once the movie started i'm like okay here we go <laughs> it's like there's a lot happening like right from the beginning like i said when she's driving in the car and the conversation on the phone changes after a glitch happens you're like wait is it already starting like are there yeah. already changes happening well actually, she's not talking to her actual guy anymore that's the tell side actually that she's realized that uh because we think we've got hugh and amir back and there's a moment when mm -hmm. she looks up at hugh because because the, the hugh that was in the house originally his phone cracked just like hers during the dinner conversation yeah. and then as they're doing the numbers and stuff and she's working out things uh he's doing the calculator for the calculator her on, on his phone, phone. and yeah. she looks at it and it's one of those things she looks at and when she's like realizing holy shit like this isn't even the original hugh and amir like we thought it yeah. was because of the colors but they're from a different house than i was from so yeah the the film is really strong really strong like in the writing and in the puzzle sense of it like they no matter how many times they've watched the film in order to you know edit it together like they still know exactly where the audience is while they're figuring the puzzle out maybe some people are a little bit ahead but like for the most part like they got me every twist mm -hmm. was, like i think i responded the right way yeah and i don't think because even if you start predicting some of the things that are going to happen because i think the first time through like once they set up enough rules i'm like okay i can <laughs> see certain things you know happen I, I can't remember what i thought of at the time but like I, I'm sure there's like some small things where I'm like, okay, because they've set up A and B, I'm assuming the A and B are going to do C or something, right? And those would happen. But even though they still did, it never felt unsatisfying. It was always kind of like, mm -mm. yeah, of course, that's part of the journey. But then, of course, as soon as C happened, then D was introduced. And then you realize that D was actually <laughs> F, J, and like Z. Like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, triple Z. Yeah, it just it expands upon it every single time. Because, it, but the beautiful thing is, is that even when I think it, when I did think it was just two houses, it was still fascinating. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen with these yeah. duplicates? Like, what are they going to do to each other? Like, right? How do they resolve this? This is great. And when do? Because I, th I think one of the assumptions at the start, as soon as they introduce the two houses, I think everyone's going to assume in their heads a little bit, like, okay, there's going to be a twist later on where one of them's always been from the other house or something like that, right? And right. technically, it does do that like ten times, and every time it's amazing because it's not just that it's like no they're not from this house but they're not from that house either <laughs> yeah yeah and so on so <laughs> yeah really impressed i love it it's so inventive uh, i love inventive filmmaking uh when it all lands mm -hmm. and it just i mean I, I do not mean this any pun intended but it's amazing how coherent this movie is because it really is <laughs> you can't use that joke i use that joke I, yeah, but I'm, using, I'm, I'm going to full circle to wrap up. You're bookending the review with the, the same joke. <laughs> exactly. I've given it a full circle feeling, right? We've went full circle. Right, we're, right. We're, we're that means we should wait, huh? We're closing the paradox loop of uh, the comet passing. <laughs> I mean, not paradoxes, but you know what I mean. Um, I guess the technical are also paradoxes, but that's not the point of... Anyway. <laughs> Tara, would you like to uh, rate uh, this movie? Also, what color are you rating it in, and what's your random object? Uh, my random object is um, 
Ewok dog toy. And um, my color is orange. <laughs> okay. My number is four. <laughs> four? So my rating. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number. Okay. Hold that. But my... My rating of the movie is going to be pretty high, actually. I really like this film. I thought it was the it was fun to watch both times. The The things that I don't like about it are just some of the camera work is a little nauseating. Sure. And uh, some of the, like, story devices are a little convenient, a little bit too convenient for me. Like, even on a second viewing, I was like, ugh. It's a little eye-rolly that, you know. She knows all the stories about the comets and he happens to have a brother, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but for the most part, it's the type of film that I love. It's just like a puzzle that uh, is not quite primer challenging, but it's up there. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a nine. I think I'm going to put it up there with time crimes. Whoa. <laughs> no, I, uh... I'm super impressed by this film. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to argue. Obviously, I wanted you to see it because I loved it. I, yeah, this is the t- exactly the sort of small, like, can-do movie. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let me check something. Okay, Xander's, uh, Nicholas Brennan's brother is credited in the movie. I just never noticed because he has a different last name, which is weird. I'm assuming Nicholas Brennan's a stage name. <laughs> oh, okay. His brother's called <laughs> Kelly Donovan. I just, do you know, do you know, I just noticed that the image and like, Alison Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> Who's this dishback? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so yeah, this is exactly the sort of little film that I feel proves the qualities that you need to have an engaging story uh, and how you can do it on a small scale and why I will always wade mm-hmm. through all these small films, even though most of them end up sucking. But because you find stuff like this once in a while, and this is the sort of one that really excites me. And you know, I'll, you know, it's one of the best sci-fi movies. I mean, I, we did our top 50 last year. You know, I had this very high. Mm-hmm. I'm a top 50. I had not seen it. Of the, of the decade. But, uh, or top, it was top 25 of the decade. But regardless. Uh, really mm-hmm. wonderful stuff. Uh, event of good cast, good direction. Uh, I don't mind the uh, the handheld camera so much. It is a little bit over the top at times, but I don't mind it so much. Uh, I, will, I will agree that there's maybe... A little convenience in what some characters know just for the sake of like getting things rolling uh but i'm only to give that a pass because without that then there ain't no movie so we can go with it and i think it's amazing how much this actually makes sense as it mm-hmm. unravels despite the fact that it does feel so complex especially when we sort of reiterate it back in a review like this but uh there's a lot that we skipped over i think a lot of little details oh tons but- I mean, I, I think even if I went through this like like a commentary track, if we if we watched it live and we sort of like commented on it as it was happening, I think we'd actually have to like pause constantly to talk about the details because it would be moving too fast. Yeah, we'd have to pause at every little thing. Go, okay, here, this is a hint for later, and this bit's a hint for like it would be this too is much. Important. Yeah, it's all important. All the pieces matter. Trust us. Just trust yeah. us. Uh, so no, there you go. Uh, I will rate this. You know, I've given it a nine before, and I'm 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 debating whether I should go up to nine point five because three viewings in over you know what four years or whatever it's been, 
And I still love this as much as I did the first time. Hmm. Yeah, saw it at 9.5. I love it. This is exactly <laughs> the type of little experimental, no budget fellow making that I can get behind. I can't believe you rated something higher than me. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> what universe am I in? Do you think you're flipped? Do you in the wrong universe? If I, if I rate the next movie higher than you, uh, then you can say. I know for sure. Yeah, the next movie, by the way, is Bloodshot, so I'm not feeling confident about that <laughs> happening, but we'll see. <laughs> We're doing Bloodshot next episode. Uh, but this has... Sorry, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yes. Should be exciting. So uh, this, is, uh, this has been Coherence. You can let us know what you think of Coherence if you've seen it in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on the old Twitters. Uh, at mail underscore fudge for channel updates and all that kind of thing. Uh, liking does help a lot. It does let YouTube know that uh, you like this content, which I know that sounds obvious, but that lets YouTube promote it out in the algorithm and things like that. Uh, you can also rate the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, five stars, all that jazz. That was all out there too. I mentioned Patreon earlier, patreon.com slash TV. Please do go and have a look at that. Uh, see if you're interested in supporting us and keeping all the content coming. Tara, would you like to promote another piece of Melfa's TV content? Sure. Um, if you're into these types of stories, maybe you should check out our Twilight Zone reviews because we're reviewing all of the classic Twilight Zone episodes. We are in season two right now. And, uh, well, it's an anthology, so every sh- every show is new and different. So it's fun. Check it out. Yeah, I love how you picked the one other thing that you're also on. He uh... always mentions that, yeah. Always <laughs> mentions I guess I am in the right universe. Yeah, okay, good. We belong. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much uh, once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi movies, guys. And computer, add cheese. Ugh.